your uh, Microsoft clock and then sync with mine. Here comes a little Lorena McKinnett. Catch the lyrics to this, kids. like thunder and a tongue to drown the throat of war when the senses are shaken and the soul is driven to madness who can stand when the souls of the oppressed fight in the troubled air that rages who can stand when the whirlwind of fury comes from the throne of God and the frowns of his countenance drive the nations together Who can stand when sin claps his broad wings over the battle and sails rejoicing in a flood of death? When souls are torn to everlasting fire and fiends of hell rejoice upon the slain? Oh, who can stand? Oh, who hath caused this? Oh, who can answer at the throne of God? Kings and the nobles of the land have done it. Hear it not, heaven, thy ministers have done it. Uh, the kings and his ministers have done it, and the nobles. Pretty darn accurate, that little piece right there. That guy's real talented. I think Murr went and did some research on that. Well, Murr, what was his name? Richard Bartlett, I believe the guy. You kind of think it's like uh, Lawrence Olivier or something. Uh, one of the famous opera people or, or uh, film people, but it's real good and it's real touching and it's extremely relevant for the times we're in. It seems to me even more so than it was a couple of years when I stumbled onto that. Good morning, you little freedom seekers, you. Uh, here we go back again with our daily two hours together. Uh, Roger Sales, your host. We got Paul on board doing all the technical stuff, shutting everybody down, letting people up. He's a, he's a, he's a taskmaster, that boy. Uh, we're here at the 26th of April, almost at the end. We're still in this little, uh, satanic spring window of 10 days or so. Uh, no telling what might commence the rest of this little window before the door shuts. Um, we are streaming, of course, on the EurofolkRadioNetwork.com, kind of our home base there with Eli and Paul and the gang. Uh, we're also over on Radio.GlobalVoiceRadio.net, Paul's uh, operation, and then HomeTheater.TV. Is that right? Did I get it right? <laughs> There's that mental block again. It's home network.tv uh, and too much. Freedom Nation. I'm just going to let you give those because it's just too much. Uh, anyway, no telling. We may be adding some to that. Uh, you know, the way things are shaping up, people looking for answers. Um, here we go on the Wednesday edition. Had a nice lunch yesterday with the, with the, the guys, the group is a little smaller group yesterday. We never know one week to the next who's going to show up. Uh, Jack orchestrates people in there, you know, have a car come down from Kotakachi with six or eight people in it one day and our numbers mushroomed. Uh, but we got a lot of pretty solid folks that hang around there on Tuesdays and uh, it's always nice. Um, so, uh, gosh, did anybody hear by any chance, uh, Mike McGill last night on rents? 
you know, he, I don't, he, he's supposed to have him on on Tuesdays on the first slot, and sometimes he doesn't have him on there. So you don't know whether McGill's sick or something else happened or whatever, but he was on last night. And in his usual Gatling gun style, are you familiar with him, Paul? Have you ever heard this guy, this metals guy? Mike McGill is his name? No. Well, he's real good. He's got his own metals company out in Oregon. Why the hell he wants to stay in Oregon, I don't know. But uh, anyway, he's pretty factual, but he gets on him. Man, he's like a Gatling gun. <laughs> with facts. I, you almost can't keep up with it. He talks real fast. And uh, Rents ought to get him to slow down a little bit. But I know he's got a lot of ground to cover and trying to, you know, shove a 12-size a, a twelve size foot into an 8-size shoe, you know. Um, but uh, he gave some startling uh, little Internet problems there in the middle. I missed some of it, but... Uh, he had some startling statistics on there at the end of the show. I wish I could remember them all. Uh, Princess, are you on with us this morning? Uh, one of the things he said that struck me was uh, the California Teachers Pension Fund lost fifty-five yeah. billion. You there, Princess? Uh, good morning. Yes, I am, Richard. Uh, this has to do with y'all. I know. I don't. I think you've been dealing with Calpers, right? That. Yes, that's, that's not the same as the California Teachers Pension Fund, I would assume. Calpers. No, I think they're... Well, they're probably parallel in some respects, and I hope you're sitting down. The California Teachers Pension Fund last year lost $55 billion. That's with a B? With a B, as in boy. Wow. Now, you know, when you get a look at this and you know what's going on and you know about these, they didn't lose $55 billion. It was stolen. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, they're <laughs> uh, and he gave a bunch of other um, statistics. Man, I wish I could remember some of them because they're startling. Okay. Uh, it shows where we're going and we're getting there real quick and it ain't pretty. All right. Uh, so the financial thing, I, the next... Let's see, we got May right ahead of us here. The next 90 days through the end of July are absolutely going to be harrowing, okay? Uh, the dollar's losing international uh, power like uh, unbelievable, all right? And, and he, again, I wish I could remember all those statistics that he gave. you got, of course, so many factors at work in the economy, all the shenanigans they've pulled with all these derivatives and, and, and different um different morphs of derivatives interest rate swaps and all these other real high end complex stuff that they're doing i mean i think i told y'all a friend of mine a very a good friend of mine from atlanta hadn't spoken with him in a long time he lives up in virginia now where he was from and uh, his brother uh when when he and i were living around the corner from each other there in atlanta uh his brother was the head guy for a reinsurance company i didn't even know there were such things okay but there's these huge companies that are called reinsurance companies and they insure the insurance companies okay so uh swiss ray uh is one of them i know there's several evidently um and when derivatives first came out they sent him he was the, the head guy in North America. There wasn't a check that went out to pay somebody that he didn't, he wasn't the final signature on. 
And uh, they sent him to a school for a week on derivatives, uh, you know, five, six more hours a day in class. And he went and he told his brother, he said, hell, I didn't understand a damn thing. Okay. They're, they're very complex. Uh, and uh, just another way, as I see it, to prop up the failing uh, financial system from several decades ago is when they started popping up. If I remember right, in the 90s. Paul, do you know who uh, came up with derivatives with the concept? No. A guy named Larry Fink. Oh, sounds like a a Fink to me. Well, I'm sure he's a Fink. Um, He's a guy that's now over BlackRock. And evidently he's taken uh, this computer trading to the point where there's hardly even any human traders at BlackRock anymore. It's all computerized. Uh, anyway, wow. he's the guy that came up with that idea, and it catapulted him to the position he's in, no doubt. Um, anyway, those mm-hmm. things, I think they brought him in to prop up the uh, the dollar back whenever they came in in the late 90s, early part of this century. Uh, just another uh, leaven of the Pharisees, you know. This thing's breaking down. Let's put some structure under it. Okay, let's do it with these little magic things. Uh, and evidently, that's what all that is. Um, Roger. Yes, Samuel. Um, Rick Wiles uh, is using Genesis Gold to uh, help uh, get his people into gold. And the spokesman for them is Dean Kane. He is a guy who played, uh, actor played Superman. Um, he made this statement. And he's uh, He made a lot of money in real estate and He's got a home in Malibu. He's selling and trying to get out of California. I don't blame But he you. said last year California had a $95 billion surplus, and this year they have a $25 billion deficit. Well, Gavin Newsom went to the French Laundry a few times, evidently, right? Yeah. It's like – They say wow. that's one of the most expensive restaurants in the country, that place, the French Laundry. What do you get a sir? You get a little T bone for two hundred and fifty bucks or something. Yeah, but about what we have, all get out of the I'll governor you, ourselves. I'll tell you what: if they're if they're charging that much, they better cook that damn thing properly. I want that thing medium rare on the nose. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's a really messy situation, and uh, I guess one of the only banks in the country that's solvent is that bank in North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota's had their own interstate bank uh, uh, for in, intrastate bank, excuse me, uh, for decades. It's solvent, and they they uh, uh, are very profitable and all that stuff. Because evidently, there's not too many yids up in North Dakota. Um, but it's a serious situation. We've talked about it on here before. If you haven't got your financial house in order, you don't have much time, and you better get on it. Okay. Uh, the supplies are, uh, the, the folks that, that market gold and silver are swamped, swamped. He gave an example last night of one of the dealers that he, uh, deals with and they just for packaging, just for packaging, they were three weeks behind to catch up. And the problem is they got to pay an insurance company, uh, for the metals that they're holding before they get shipped out. Right. He said, this was a startling, he said, to catch up, they would have to hire 22 employees just to catch up on the packaging for the orders, okay? 
So uh, there's an onslaught at the dealers. Go ahead. Who's that, Roger? I don't know. He didn't say. He he didn't say. He just says somebody that he uses as a source, you know, a a wholesaler, if you will. Um, You might could still find some uh, if you've got any local pawn shops that deal in coins or stuff or maybe some of these other places. But there's a rush to the exit, folks. I mean, big time. So hopefully you've... uh, seen the smoke signals a long time ago and got things taken care of it's going to get real testy from here forward it appears you know roger last night rick also reported that china is starting a draft and one of the lines that russia drew in the sand is depleted uh uranium uranium weapons would be would be considered nuclear weapons well hell they are nuclear weapons well, they reported that NATO has now, or Ukraine has yeah. now used those on the Russia. battlefield. Oh, shit. They're just going to keep pushing, keep pushing, because everything's unraveling un- under them. They've extended this monetary system as about as far as it can go, and about the only thing they've got rather than get exposed wholesale is go to war. Okay. And I heard they were going to send uh, DU weapons. Uh, they're not weapons. They're artillery. Okay. And if you don't understand this, depleted uranium is evidently the residual of uranium manufacture for nuclear fuel. And it, 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 it's, it's radioactive. I forget the isotope and all that stuff, but it's one of these ones that doesn't go away for a long, 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 long time. And so what they I think do, it's uranium. Yeah, I mean, it's something, something like that. I get—I don't know all the chemistry and stuff, but it's one of the real serious uranium derivatives from the manufacture of uranium fuel rods, okay? And what it does is they load it up in an artillery shell, okay? And when that artillery shell hits a tank, for example, it, it explodes in the sense that it burns all that red-hot uranium. It'll go right flat through a couple inch piece of steel and then that uranium residual stuff is out there that's the problem over in iraq with all the birth defects okay because they used it over it's there. a really heavy yeah very dense metal yes. and and what they do is the, you know how they make uh green chips for the uh right. 556 right armor piercing stuff yep it's armor piercing so with the steel they would put uranium which is really heavy and it could punch right through thick armor and when it punches through it with this density, uh, it's self-sharpening. So as it cuts through the metal, it sharpens itself, and it melts the, the metal behind it. So it punches right right through armor. So you could have a 5.56 five, round, you could, you know, that had this this uh, DU in it, and uh, it would shoot through anything. I don't think they put it in regular arms ammunition. They may. I may be wrong. I don't keep up with that. No. That's generally been I know for a fact they put it in 50 cal ammo. Oh, 50 they did. cal ammo, well, for sure. Okay. And and. Well, a fifty cal would penetrate. Uh, that that would work with a tank if you got that kind of tip on it. I would think. Yes. Anyway, do you fifty cal would go right through the tank? Zoom, like uh, crap through a goose, as one of those military guys said. Um, and then the problem, of course, is the residual from that explosion, that incident that hangs around and infects. And as I said, there were, I'm, I'm sure some of you saw years ago after Iraq, the, the birth deformities that have come out of there. 
Anyway, Putin had said a while back if he would consider DU a, a nuclear attack, and these guys are hell-bent for weather to get this war started, even against the whole backlash of the whole world. That's part of the financial system. Hello? Thank you. That's part it's not of the, me. That's part of the problem on the financial system is that all the countries around the world, now they got bricks to fall back on. And they're so damn pissed at our people for all the crap they've done for all these decades that that's one of the reasons they're pulling the dollar out um, and bonds and whatnot. Um, so uh, I think uh, McGill said last night 47% of world trade is still conducted in dollars, but last year it was 70%. That's the drop in one year. So uh, it's a topic of conversation down here because, of course, we're on the dollar here. And the best that I can speculate is this is going to benefit us here in Ecuador and the other countries like Panama that are on the dollar. There's another Caribbean island. I don't remember which one. But uh, because the dollar has been so strong, it has hampered Ecuador's uh, exports. You know, the more the stronger your currency is, the weaker your exports are because the other country can't get as much or deal with you as easily and so uh uh as this falls uh, i think the example that's probably the most interesting is ecuador's to the south is peru and to the north is colombia and uh those are ecuador's major trading partners and uh up to this point they've had to have a financial stability fund in both instances between colombia and peru because of the strength of the dollar internationally uh and that should go away as the currencies equalize more and the value of the dollar will drag down more to the value of peru and colombia's currency and should really facilitate more exports out of ecuador they could certainly use the additional income um but uh, it, it's just very interesting because kind of unknowns. You know, we use the dollar, but Ecuador doesn't have the printing presses. So they got to borrow dollars from the Federal Reserve to circulate internally in the country. And I'm sure they don't want to go borrow a whole bunch more. Uh, they're already in debt up to their damn eyeballs to China and the U.S. and the International Monetary Fund. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. Anyway, uh, I was listening to uh, Mike Adams this morning, and I'd never heard this before. Have you heard of reverse I ATMs? Has anybody heard of reverse? You see them pop up anywhere up there, reverse ATMs? Hello? Where you put money in them? Yes, and they spit yep. you a card. You saying, yeah. Bitcoin and things like that? Well, yes. I don't know. I'd never heard about it before this morning. I mean, Mike Adams went over it a little bit on one of his shows. And you go, if you've got cash, you go feed cash into the machine, and they spit you out a plastic card with all kinds of percentages taken off at every place. And they spit you out this card. Uh, and the card, if you hold it, evidently the value depreciates. <laughs> well, God, who'd want to be stupid enough to do that? You know? Uh, the, and there's a right. huge credit crunch on it. Mike, Mike was the first one that gave us a little uh, smoke signal on it here a couple of weeks ago. And he said, I went to my credit union. I get direct deposit there on my stuff. And uh, they wouldn't even give him a $2,000 loan. And that's what's happening. I'll tell you one thing he said last night that shocked me. Capital One, I'm assuming everybody knows you. What's in your wallet? You know, that crap. Yeah. Capital One 
has ceased and desist doing car loans for the entire country. Well, now that's a good sign. No, no, it's not at all. <laughs> so uh, there's a there's a bunch of nefarious stuff going on out there in the financial stuff. Just get your house together. If you don't have it together yet, you're really at a disadvantage. Do it quick, okay? Because my feeling here from studying these guys for so many years and knowing the situation as well as I do, we're headed for the biggest financial catastrophe in the history of the friggin' planet. And it ain't going to go away overnight. It's going to be there for years. Remember what they did in the 30s, okay? They could have alleviated yep. all that crap yep. in the 30s with a snap of a hand. They took they took one-third of the circulating currency out of circulation. That's what caused that, precipitated it, okay? And that's kind of what they're doing now, except we got hyperinflation with all this cheap dollars that they've got all over the world that are in people's mattresses and stuff. And as that starts losing value, people are going to take it out of the mattress and put it back into circulation. When it goes back into circulation, guess where it's coming? Right back home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The mattresses overseas, overseas mattresses. That's what I mean. are going to come out. You know, and the, right, 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 right. It's not. Yep, I understand exactly what you're saying. You know, I thought about something uh, on a similar vein about gold, how when the economy collapses, usually gold spikes down. And I was wondering, is that paper gold or physical? Because I don't, I'm not sure I see physical gold going down. I just don't think the availability will be there. Well, what they're talking about is the spot price of gold, okay? And, of course, that's that's paper. Listen, they've been manipulating the spot price of gold since old blue was a pup. Okay, this is nothing new, all right? Um, You get it and get it physical and get it in your possession. He said last night that some of these real wealthy people are building their own vaults because they don't trust putting their gold in another vault. That's how little these bastards distrust each other. You don't think they know what they are? No, the IRS, they can take it right out of your uh, safety deposit box. Oh, yeah, no, well, they did no that. safety in the bank. They did that. It's not yep. your safety hey, well, deposit box. It's the bank's safety deposit box. They did that in 33, yep. Abram. If you had gold in a safety deposit box, when you went back and got access to it, there was Federal Reserve notes in it, and your gold was gone. Yeah, Mike? <laughs> uh, if you go look at the history of uh, the price of gold, guess what year gold spiked the highest? Uh, thirty. What right after thirty three when they added that uh, from twenty to thirty five? No, no, no. Nineteen eighty. It spiked to six hundred dollars an ounce. Oh yeah, I remember that. I was alive back then. Yeah, <laughs> I had friends that. Yep. I had friends. That's the that, highest. I didn't have that's any the money. highest spike. Right. It I went remember. from like a, it was a real low number, then it spiked up to six hundred. Or thirty five dollars. They held it at thirty five from after they when they did the bankruptcy in thirty three, gold was twenty dollars an ounce. They stole it all and then they turned around, and gave themselves a seventy something percent raise and raised it up to thirty five. And it had stayed at thirty five because it was the crux of the world Bretton Woods system where here here's what they did. 
they made the dollar the world reserve currency. This is Bretton Woods up in New Hampshire. Keynes was there, all that. It was in the 40s, okay? And uh, they made the dollar backed by gold and then allowed all the other countries of the world to uh, exchange and get gold for their currencies. If you had dollars, you could come in and get it. And so then we hit in, that was in the 40s. We went through the 50s, pretty placid in the 50s economy-wise. They had to get Brown v. Board in there and get this thing finished up before they started more shenanigans. They had to. They set the IRS up in 51. They did Brown v. Board in 54. They stick the Internal Revenue Code of 54 in six months later, or two months later, and now they're free to start all the crap. That's why you saw Vietnam in the 60s. You saw the whole influx the first time that they started doing social engineering with Taverstock coming in with the, uh, the British music invasion, I hate to say, but that's kind of what that was. Uh, the same way they're influencing the youth today with all their crap. Uh, and we went on, and here's what happened, Abram. Uh, De Gaulle was the culprit here. And because of Bretton Woods, the fact that anybody could exchange dollars for gold, and that set the basis of the world fiat economy, but the dollar, which was the kingpin, was attached to gold, and people could convert. And as they started going over to Vietnam and doing all that shenanigan crap, uh, my youth, uh, uh, actually, um, uh, De Gaulle sensed that they were doing that, printing more paper than they had gold for, and the French were sending over boatloads of paper and carrying out all the gold. That's why Nixon had to close the gold window. Okay, And it was after that that gold started towards the end of the 70s, started uh, going up middle middle to the end, and eventually went to, what, 700, 750 bucks, I think? Around that. It was also... Sure. Go, what, what, Abram? This is all part of their plan. Of course. The, the, the technocracy... Of, of had planned on making energy the currency. So they made energy the currency after gold. It was a petrodollar. And now that they've consolidated that, yeah. now they're going to knock that pillar off. And under underpinning all that, and what people don't know is, of course, you're the underpinning curse of the dollar. You know, But regardless, that's yep. when, and I have vivid memories of this because I got caught in it. Um, uh, the oil Arab, Arab oil embargo of 72, wasn't that about when it was? Um, you know, there's 50 tankers sitting offshore. They won't let into port, but yet you got lines of blocks long at your gas station. And, um, so that was when they went, pardon me. Was that 77? No, it was earlier. It was earlier than that. It was shortly after they closed the gold window because now they had to get something to go in and back the dollar. Okay. Hmm. Right. Uh, at the uh, surface backing, if you will. Okay. So what that did was because the Saudis required all energy oil uh, payments to be done in dollar, dollar equivalents, bonds. And so that, again, shored up the dollar via the Saudis. And uh, that's when gold started spiking. About the, I don't remember exactly. Hell, I didn't have any money. I was broke as a church mouse. I mean, uh, 
But uh, uh, through the 70s, I had a friend that had a little uh, change. I remember he was spouting his gold Rolex and all that stuff. But it literally went from 35 to, I think, 750 bucks a, an ounce. Now, incidentally, that was the same time that the Hunt brothers saw what was going on, and they went in and tried to corner the silver market. And it drove silver up to $50 an ounce, which is the highest it's ever been still. Okay. And, uh, so all that was in the late seventies and then Reagan gets elected because Jimmy Carter was the, was the purveyor of this inflation and, uh, with all of his shenanigans and, uh, Reagan got elected and they hired, and I did not know this until recently I heard somebody say it. Paul Volcker was one of Rockefeller's assistants. And so they put Paul Volcker in over the head of the Fed, and that's when this this bond market that's crashing right now really started. There's two cycles of bond market cycles that are both coming to an end right now. One of them started right then, and the other one's about 250 years old or more. Uh, But what Volcker did was, some of you may remember this, uh, they took uh, rates up to 22%. Yeah, they're bitching about it at 5% now. Okay. They took rates up to 22% back then to quell that inflation. And so with those high bond rates, everybody goes into bonds. That's the start of this bond market, you know, because that's like guaranteed income. Okay. Uh, in fact, the, the, what's going on right now, get this, Abram, because they've had to, they've had this low, no, low to no interest rate for so long and people belly up to the bar and buy all this stuff. And, um, so now they're having to come back and, and raise the interest rates. Two month treasury bills are paying five and a half percent. So what's happened to get this? The 30 year bond is 3.7. Let's see. Would you rather take and give them your money for two months at five and a half percent or for 30 years at 3.7? Any takers on the 3.7? That's the conundrum there is. Everything's upside down. See? Um, so, uh, anyway, that's kind of the situation we're in. And, and I've even suggested, cause you can buy treasury bonds through the web. You can go on and get this two month money at five and a half percent on the web right now. So that's where everybody's going. Abram, do you know about the carry trade? Have you ever heard that term? Now Abram doesn't want to talk. I'm sorry. No, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, this is what they've been doing since. I've never heard of it. They've been doing this for a long time. Okay. So what they do is they get the interest rate in the U.S. down, you know, half percent, say. And they let their synagogue yep. buddies come in and buy yep. and borrow billions of dollars at this low percentage. And then they carry it over to Japan and buy Japanese bonds that are paying 5%. And they got a 4.5% profit spread. How about that for easy money? That's the arbitrage again. Ar- yeah, arbitrage. Yep, that's their arbitrage. Yeah. yeah, that's their specialties, arbitrage. So anyway, those are the, some of the shenanigans that have been going on and still going on, obviously. Uh, but they're going to come to some sort of an end. How abrupt it's going to be, we don't know. But uh, if you do not have your house in order financially and you have an ability to do that, you better do it damn quick. Okay. The old saying, like land, you buy land and wait. You don't wait to buy land. Well, the same thing applies to gold and silver. You buy gold and silver and you wait. You don't wait. 
you know, reverse on that. Um, fortunately, when I had cash flow, big cash flow 20 years ago, I did a bunch of that and it sits very safely now in the country of Uruguay in a, uh, private, private storage facility that has no attachment to any financial institution. And Uruguay's got a lot of wealth down there. Uh, it used to be the Switzerland of South America is the wild, wild west down there before they tamed it a little bit. But uh, because it is, sits right between Argentina and Brazil, these two behemoths with incredible economic pr- power, if potentially, if not at the time, and a, a lot of the, therefore those people get taxed, and therefore they go put all their money in Uruguay. Okay, uh, pretty interesting little country, Uruguay. Actually, um, they've got the the best water supply in the entire world underneath Uruguay. It's one of the world's biggest aquifers that comes down from the Andes. And I'm, I'm a water connoisseur. And man, the, the water right out of the bottle they serve it is just fantastic there. Uh, that's why the Bushes went down to Paraguay, the adjacent country in the middle of the continent, and bought that, all the big spread with 200,000 hectares or something. A hectare is 2.5 acres. Okay, uh, they bought I think two hundred thousand hectares down there, and because right underneath that was that aquifer. Okay, so uh, anyway, it's uh, it's interesting. I feel pretty good, except it's down there. You know, I got to take a flight to get it, uh, but uh, but it's in a real safe place. Um, so anyway, we just sit and wait. You know, I I don't even. Honestly, I don't even, I'm not even conscious of it. I haven't messed with any of that in so long. It's just there, you know. It's nothing but insurance. I would remind you, you can go back and look this up. And it was, God, this was 15 or more years ago, 20 maybe, right at the turn of the century. I saw a headline one day, Northwest Mutual Life Insurance Company. Have I heard of them, Northwest Mutual? Abram, you've heard of them, obviously. Um, Northwest Mutual Life Insurance Company has been around since the 1870s or 80s, something long time. They went out and bought $500 million worth of gold. Now, now get the significance of that. An insurance company buying insurance. Let that sink in. So anyway, that's an interesting thing. I've always been kind of interested in the financial part of this. I figured from the early exposure to this information with me years ago, I said, look, this is the horse they rode in on, this financial horse. It'll be the financial horse they ride out on. So it's good to concentrate on that. Yep. Somebody's got that. Um, yes. So one, one of the things you mentioned was uh, uh, Doug Casey, I believe, lives in uh, – Oh, I met Doug Casey. I met him personally. I went up to his estancia in Cafayete, or if you're from Buenos Aires, Cafayete, okay? And um, uh, a nice spread he's got up there, okay? It's a lovely, lovely spot. And twice a year, I don't know if they're still doing it, they used to have open houses twice a year for anybody that wanted to fly in and potentially they could sell you overpriced property. Um I give you an example. Yeah, they've gotten out of that. They're no longer. They're not. He's doing no that longer anymore. doing that. He's the he passed it along to uh, to some other folks, some other friends, but he's no longer involved. 
Oh, is that right? Well, the guy that he was partnered up with, I was told, and I had some pretty good connections up there. Um, I was told that it, he was the former governor of, uh, governor of Salta province up there. He was a provincial governor, which is right next to Bolivia. Does that give you any insight? <laughs> and that he made, wow. that he made a whole ton of money smuggling cocaine and drugs. And, uh, that was the guy that Casey was partnered with for this Estancia. It was, uh, it's a beautiful spot, man. I mean, it's stunning. It's up in the Andes, about 5,000 feet in this absolutely beautiful, pristine valley, a uh, small little old town. Uh, it, the, some of the road, Ruta 40 up there, which is a world famous highway that goes all uh, from, from northern Argentina to southern Argentina, right by and in through the Andes. It's a big biker ride. Okay. Bikers come from all over the world to ride it. And, uh, this town, Cafayete or Cafayete, if you're from Buenos Aires, is up in the northern part. A nice little town, very small, uh, 12 real nice restaurants in it because it's kind of a tourist area. But outside of town is, is Casey's place. And, um, the locals there call it a sterile prison. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Um, and they sell you these $250,000 lots. You know, here's a, I went up there and I told them when I came up there, the book was just out. I said, I'm coming up here to promote my book. You know, you got all these financial guys. This is the base of the financial system. I would think they might want to know about it. So that's why I went up there and, uh, hell, I couldn't get any of their attention. It was the week that it was the week that Obama got reelected. And one of the big financial guys down there, and I can't, some of you would know his name, and I just can't remember it. He writes financial stuff. He got drunk as a skunk that night because we were all watching the election returns. And uh, so anyway, I did. I went up there and hung with him, Abram, for a week, and it was lovely. They had international chefs there, and they'd have lunches and dinners prepared, and you'd have them out like we had lunch in the vineyards one day and, and in different places. It was really cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I couldn't get any of those guys to listen. Um, but, yeah, Doug Casey's place in Cafayette, quite an experience for me. I enjoyed it. Um Marco, you were trying to say I something. I think I think those folks are. are... Yeah, Sage. Um, I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, I was going to try to jump in. I'm okay. not sure if she's All ready. Right. I just wanted to tell you. Okay. Well, Sage, I had some more to add to this conversation sorry, on, yeah. on Casey. But if Sage is there, because she wasn't there yesterday at the back end of the program, Sage, are you there, sweetie? Or I think it's Satya. S a t y a. Satya. Okay. Sage, yeah, Sage did say she was going to jump back on. Okay, but well, then we'll just yet. open it up in general. Are there any new students on here that, you know, might be short on time that have got something they want to ask, taking the time to be with us? We want to get you serviced, so to speak. Uh, so if there's anybody in that situation, please step forward. I see Merck, I hail all these people. Hey, Roger. There's somebody, but I don't think that's Sage. I think that's Mike. That's Mike. Hey, I wanted to let you know that uh, RBN is eating itself out right now. Oh, I've, I could have told you that. It a was month. a. I could have told you that a month ago. Well, I informed Paul last night that uh, Herzog was attacking him and attacking Trife and all that at the thirty-minute mark of the first hour, 
and he played it, and it, it's getting nasty. I just assume Michael Herzog get out of the realm of our consciousness. Quite frankly, that guy has caused more problems for us. For for not for me necessarily, but especially for John and Kathy. You wouldn't believe what he's put them through. Okay. Yeah, I know. I've I've listened to him. Well, like it says, it, it it's getting to the point now that uh, RBM's not going to last very long. I could have told you that. You can't run a radio network by committee. I know three advertisers that have advertised on RBN, and none of them have ever gotten one sale out of the advertising money they spent. They did it for the goodness of keeping the network on, on, uh, online, and now they've deteriorated. Letting board operators make decisions on the network? Board operators? How long do you think that's going to go along, Mike? Not very damn long. I don't know. Okay. I just says I I just told Paul that last night, and I, and I let him listen to it. I just thought it was unprofessional well, of uh, her song well, to I do think, that. Well, I think that unprofessional is the label for the whole damn network. If you want my opinion, okay, they got schlock people. Yeah, because there's, there's only three people I listen to over there, and uh, Seraph on Saturdays, and Robert Raybolt, and uh, Giuseppe, and that's it. And everything else is crap. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that's their problem, not ours, and I'm kind of glad to be out of there, to tell you the truth, in many respects. Uh, I and started, on top of it, he's promoting his daughter with it, you know? His daughter, evidently, is buying these $39 knockoff wands and selling them for 200 and something dollars. That's evidently what's going on. Okay. And they're okay with that. Well, I, I don't know, and I don't care. Okay. So, uh, good luck to them. Any other new students with anything? Roger. Yes, there's one. There's somebody. Female. Roger. Yes. This is, this is Satya. Satya. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you? I'm good. Where are you? Uh, I had Where? a question about. Okay, well, hold on. This is the first time. We've... Well, I wasn't. Hold on, hold on. This is the first time we've had any social intercourse here. So what I want to do is find out how you found us <laughs> and where you are in the country. I was in Colorado, but I left that state, and now I'm tooling around uh, North Carolina and Tennessee, yeah, looking nice, for a new home. So. Nice area. You up there in the western part, up and around Asheville in the mountains. Yes, that's a nice yes. spot. That's a good place to look. Actually, uh, or even a little further south, as you get into the uh, start of the Appalachians, there in North Georgia or Northwest Alabama, any of that I think is probably a pretty good area to be in on the East Coast. Yeah, it's beautiful here. There's yes, forests lovely. and yeah. water and all very, kinds of good stuff. Very, very nice people, down to earth, conservative for the most part. Good, good. good. Yeah. What I'm looking for is sane people. Okay. Well, how can we help you with your uh, quest so I had for a freedom? Okay, you're questing. You're questing freedom here, right? You're searching for freedom. Exactly. Well, you found the yes, right place. And. And to to pay for my new home, when I find it, I want to use my IRA. And 
I did a little research and it looks like I can avoid the 25% penalty or whatever that is um, because I'm, I'm free. But the 10% penalty, I have a question about. I don't even know. Does Listen, anybody I, know anything uh, we, about that? We can, we can poll the audience, but I'm going to tell you from my standpoint, I have never had one of those things. Uh, when they tried to offer me one, the last job I had, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it because they're just going to steal it. Okay. So good on getting it out. I don't know what there's one, a 25% early withdrawal penalty. And I think that's that you can get out of, like you said, but what, what's this 10% thing? Yeah. So there's a 10% as well. And I don't know if they withhold it or if it also goes on the 1040 that I don't file. Does anybody know that? Uh, can, can you can I ask a question? Uh, is that a four hundred one k or an IRA? IRA. I know that I had some in four hundred one k or something, and I got to think back to this because I want to get it out. There was a way to get to get out of the ten percent if you turned it into an IRA and you take it directly to yourself uh, somehow. Um, I'll, I'll have to look into that uh, because I need to do it myself. But uh, that was years ago. Uh, I never did it. Listen, yeah. uh, Princess is on with us, and she's done some withdrawal lately. But it was out of Calpers. Is Cal was your Calpers account considered an IRA? Is Princess? Do you know? Well, she she might be getting a cup of coffee or something. Um, this is an area I just don't know that Who I. Who is the gentleman? That was Dave in New York, I believe. Dave in New York. Okay. Uh, well, I, I'd like to see what he knows eventually okay, when he well, knows it. You know, we but get into it, areas like this. Sachi, yeah, I'll all, look into it. We're all learning together, okay? Because okay. this is just something, I, like I said, I've never even had one of these damn things, okay? So I don't well, have any idea. Uh, but uh, I don't know what the additional 10% would be for. Would it be for, would it count towards uh, Social Security and FICA stuff? Dave, do you know? I just went on the IRS website and it said those two penalties, but it didn't say when they occurred or how they occur. Well, I'm sure they occur if you take it out. Yeah. But right, listen, I totally the, forget, Roger. This was more than ten years ago. Right. But I'm I, I'm going to look into it because okay. I know there's something there. So, okay. Well, uh, the, whatever you know. it is and whatever sure. penalties are involved, Sacha, the best move you could did is get what mm -hmm. you can get and run as quick as you can to put it someplace solid, like maybe a house, like you're talking. I am about. working on that. Thank you. Uh huh. Yes. Is that Samuel? Rod. Hello, uh, Gary. Hey, Gary. Roll it over into a self-directed IRA, and then you solely become responsible for paying any and all taxes. Oh, okay, self-directed IRA. The, listen, the problem you got right now is time, okay? So, well, yeah, uh, so but go ahead. Not every bank will let you do a self-directed. You got to be. You got to have to shop around till you find a bank. That'll let you do a self-directed yeah, IRA. You better hurry. You're going to have to shop around to find a bank that's solvent. I don't think there are any. They're all loaded up with all these <laughs> damn treasury. 
You know, the problem underlying all of this with the banks is they've gotten all these bonds that people are dumping all over the world, and the Federal Reserve don't want to hold them and not get any vigorous off of it, and they've been forcing them into the banks. That's what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. They were a billion point eight upside down on bonds. So, uh, Satya, whatever you do, uh, try and do it with some expediency. Okay. Um, Satya, you yes, filed I your will. Aff- Thank you. Yeah. Satya, you you filed your affidavit already, right? Your uh, Steve student, Steve was helping you. Yes. Okay. Good. Yes, I filed my affidavit. I got my passport card. I put everybody on notice. I received confirmation back. So. I'm officially free. Woohoo. Ooh, good. Congratulations. Now, we're used, you said Steve, one of our, Steve and Frank, the two brothers out there in Colorado that are doing such good work. Yes, that's definitely oh, great. Yes, great, great. Well, it just warms the cockles of my heart to see some of the people that have learned off me going out there and picking up the ball and doing this. And here's the results, Satya. So, great. I know you were well trained. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Anything else we can deal with for you? Steve is, Steve is great. Steve is yeah. great. Well, both of them are. Um, I, I, do, I do have a question when I speak about this to friends. Uh, the first one of the first questions that they come back with is, what about police services and ambulance and emergency? Well, well. And I'm pretty sure since we're nationals and still... Well, you're somewhat still, citizens, we have that available. Well, well you're not somewhat. You're the same thing. You just chose one of the sides. Okay. Now, what you're talking about, okay. particularly, is let's say that you do get your funds and you find you a little abode there somewhere up in the Great Appalachians, and you go ahead and buy it, and you went and got a loyal title to your land, and it's not on the property rolls. Okay, I think that's what you're alluding to here. And uh, there are people that have accomplished it. There's some people that find it very frustrating, like Samuel, been trying it for years and hadn't been able to get the, the gold seal, so to speak, yet. But the suggestion, I think, is very valid. Mm-hmm. If you do get a loyal title to your land, go to the fire department and say, look, I own property here literally, and therefore I'm not on the property rolls, and it's that money that pays for the fire department. Okay, and so you go and say, but I still okay. I, I want to be integrated into the local community. God knows if something happens to my house, I'd like to be able to avail myself of your services. So what I'm going to do is stroke you a check for two hundred and fifty dollars a year. Oh, that's a good way to do that. Okay. Yep. yep. Roger. Yes, Samuel. You know what uh, Gibson says about the whole thing? Uh, he says that there's a federal lien on all the land. That came and from, that that's 33. If you want it. That's coming from and if 33 you want, and the bankruptcy. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. And that's why you're on the property rolls. Yep. So if you want to remove it, he says you have to call Treasury, ask them what you owe, pay it. And then you can take yourself off the tax roll. Well, so he I'll says it will be about maybe six, eight times your property tax. Th- this is uh, this is a total new wrinkle from Mr. Gibson to me. It's in his book. Oh, okay. So you contact Treasury. They will tell you what your percentage of 
some fraudulent damn bankruptcy is with all of their penalties and interest, and you pay that, and then you can get a loyal title. Is that right? Yeah, and he says you can also sue the um, title company for not telling you about that the it was lien. encumbered. That it was encumbered when you bought it. Right. Yeah. For triple well, damages. Well, see, you know, you never know what new information is going to come up on the show. I've never heard that before today. But it makes perfect sense. I mean, you go back to HJR uh, 92, and they say all the property in the country has been put into their control, basically. They don't tell you that you're part of that property now. They make you think it's land, but evidently the land is encumbered by that. Well, it's real estate. It's not real, and there is no estate. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Estate means less than true ownership right there. You all know that? Yeah. The word estate means less than true ownership. In England, if the king lets you use your use the land and bequeaths it to you, you have an estate because it's not yours. So he just, also says if you try to tender that payment in gold and silver, they can't take it, and you can consider it paid as well. Ooh, who who wouldn't take it? The treasury? Yeah. I can't imagine those greedy bastards not taking gold and silver, but it may be tr it may be true. I don't think they can uh, take any payment in gold and silver. God, I hate these damn bastards. I I I I, I so I'm so driven to try and help any way I can to bring their asses down. There's another statement in his book and he's quoting team law eric madsen who yeah. is another guy who does the land patents right. and eric made the statement according to gibson that the last act of the supreme court in 1944 was to quit claim deed everything to the imf wouldn't surprise me that would be after roosevelt got the court stacked and they could pull something like that off but it's the last act of the Supreme Court. It was strange to hear that, like it was defunct after that. Well, I can't imagine that. They've used too many of their decisions too pivotally, like uh, in the 50-54 Brown v. Board, to close the door on their scheme. Yeah. I wonder what that means. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, you know, there's, a, there's an awful lot of folks in the patriot movement, folks, who don't really have a clear-cut idea of what's gone on and how it's gone on. So I don't know the yeah. answer to that, okay? That's why I've not brought these statements up before, because I'm thinking, well, are they really true or not? I guess you could contact Treasury and find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You might could even get Janet Yellen on the phone for whatever babble she might tell you that might be appropriate. God, and they put the worst people. It's just like rubbing your nose in it. Fetterman? Well, what's the new the new ticket for the Democrats? Have you heard that, uh, uh, Samuel? Samuel? No, I haven't. Biden and Fetterman. No, for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer. No no yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> That's their campaign <laughs> slogan. It's a no-brainer. That's a great T-shirt right there. Yeah, that that would be a damn good T-shirt. Somebody get get a hold of Mark Dice, and give him a little more T-shirt ideas. 
Oh, Lord, folks, all you can do is laugh at it or you're going to cry, one of the two. Uh, do everything you can to get yourself out of danger, uh, and you guys here know what to do. Um, so, I was going to go somewhere else a minute ago, and I got sidetracked. Sachi, did we take care of you, sweetie? Is there anything else we can do for you? No, Sacha. I think I think I'm good. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, listen. Nice to meet you. I'll wait for information. Uh, and okay. Yeah. Great to meet you too. How I'm, long? Uh, how long I'm you been? This, that I'm in the right area. Yeah, you're in a very good area. How long you been hanging around up there looking for property? Oh, I just got here, so a couple days. Oh. Have you tried their uh, mustard-based barbecue sauce yet? Oh. <gasps> No, but that sounds fabulous. Well, it's the only part of the country I've ever found it before, and I would have never known except I used to travel up there in the record business. And they were most barbecue sauces are all ketchup based. They have a vinegar and uh-huh. mustard barbecue sauce that is, I mean, it's, an, it's real strange the first time you taste it, but man, it really grows on you. So go out and try some and tell us how you oh. like it. Yeah, you'll find a barbecue Roger. place up there somewhere. Yeah, I know Bruce. South South Carolina. Carolina. I know, uh, I know. But I didn't see it in South Carolina. I experienced it in North Carolina the first time, so I don't know the origins of it. I just know it's pretty damn okay. different and real tasty. But you yep. should like that. If you like mustard and barbecue, you should probably like it, Sacha. So give it a whirl, okay? I come from Texas, so it'll be real different, but I'm oh, sure I'll like it. I promise you it'll be real different from what you're used to. But, yeah, let us know because it's real good. Um, only place it's addictive. It is, it is addictive, quite frankly. So, uh, anyway, well, let us know how you like it up there and where you settled. Boone, have you been down to Boone yet? Where's that? Well, it's out over there in western uh, North Carolina. They got a ski slope up there, and Appalachian State University is there. It's a little town called Boone, uh, and that area is real nice too. I'm in Murphy now, and it's beautiful. Yep, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'll yeah, check Murphy. out Boone too. Yeah, Murphy's nice. Uh, you're not too far from Georgia. Northeast Alabama. Yeah, Northeast Alabama is another okay. real good Northeast place to look. Okay, North Georgia, too, up around Clayton. That's a real nice area. Okay. Okay. Except you get too damn many Atlantans up there in the summer because it's a, a summer, big summer area, Lake Rabin and Rabin Falls and all that. It's a very lovely country. Very nice people, too. Okay. Awesome. Hey, I like nice people. Yeah, Gary, hold it. Gary's got something to add here. Yeah, man. Well, the best barbecue in the United States is in a little town called Morgantown. Morgantown. And it's what? a little hole in the wall place out on a river. Just ask anybody in Morgantown, they'll tell you how to get to it. Morgantown, West Virginia? No. North Carolina, I think. Oh, okay. I'd have to look on the map. I've only been there a couple times, but it's got some of the best barbecue I've ever eaten in my life. Okay, well, you're in a good area if you're if you're a barbecue freak, uh, Sacha. Um, you got a lot of pretty nice, uh, not to hail rivers up there, right around Murphy, where you are. I've been in Murphy. You're not too far from Georgia there, actually, if I remember right. The tip of South Carolina is is narrow, and and all those three states kind of come together right up there. So that's a very nice town, though, Murphy. 
Yeah. Cool. Well, LJ is just south of Murphy, but uh, Alabama has the lowest real estate prices of all those states. Northeast Alabama is in the mountain. Okay. Oh, nice. uh, Just west of Rome, Georgia, is a little town, and the reason I know this is my, my first wife was from Muscle Shoals over in the northwest part of Alabama. And to get from Alabama, uh, from Atlanta over there, the easiest way to do it was to go up through Rome, Georgia, and then cut straight across. And there's a little town up there in north northeast Alabama called Fort Payne. That area is lovely. Okay? Lovely. Ooh. So that's another okay. thing you might want to put down on your potential list. That's up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. it's very Fort nice. Alabama. Yeah, in Fort Payne is lovely. It's this little town down in this valley eroded. Yeah, and uh, and the uh, Alabama, the group Alabama, that's their base too. Oh, that's right. Fort, they were from Fort Payne, weren't they? I, I remember now. So anyway, well, there's a couple yeah, of that's ideas. More than DeKalb County. Yeah. Okay. There's some ideas for you, Fisacha. You can, you know, poke around, see what you think. Uh, yeah. Uh, Anywhere in like Marshall, DeKalb. Uh, blunt, anything around there, okay. Northeast Alabama. And also, if, if Tennessee, right above the line, there's Tennessee, just a little bit west of Chattanooga. That's pretty open and a nice spot, too. So any of that area you're in, uh, you should uh, find a place that will satisfy you, I think. And if you like lakes, you can go to Lake Gunnersville up in Marshall County. Do what now? If you, uh, if you like, like if you like what, Mike? Uh, work? Lake Gunnersville. Lake uh, Gunnersville oh, yeah, up in yeah. Marshall County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gunnersville. I used to call on their radio up station. Up there towards Arab and all that. Right, right. So it's a nice part of the country, Satya. And if you've never been there, I guess you're starting to learn that. And uh, any of those areas in that kind of area we just outlined for you is good to look around, I would think. Okay. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody. All righty. Great. Um, so uh, where else can we go here this morning? Or do you want me to go back and talk about Cafayette and Argentina and all that? Oh, somebody must have something burning question. Oh, right we, should, we should also direct her to um, you're in football heaven. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I hope, hope you like college football. Uh, which is about the only untainted sport left out there, really. Yeah, that and hockey. They hadn't really, you know, the the hockey guys turned them down totally. They said, we ain't wearing those fag jerseys, okay? And so I think they've kind of stopped that a little bit. Um, But uh, where else can we go this morning? Come on. I know there's someone there with a burning question. I know there is. We just got to get the cat released from their tongue. No? Okay. Hey, Roger. Roger, I have a question. Okay, good. I Um, knew I could have listened to somebody if I just kept begging. Go ahead. uh, You mentioned that uh, if you have your affidavit in locally, that it bypasses the rule of evidence. uh, No, 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 no. I didn't say that. No, no, no. It's whatever is in possession of the secretary. This goes back to that 1835 Supreme Court case. Whatever is in possession, paperwork is in possession of the secretary. And in the court 
site there, it says if uh, okay, let me start again because I'm whatever paperwork is in the possession of the secretary, <clears throat> if admissible in a court of law, that's in there, should be considered the higher and better evidence. So you can file it locally, and that may help you. It's not going to release you without it being at the secretary. We learned that the hard way, painfully, 30 years ago. But it can assist you possibly locally. In other words, let's say that you take, you file it with the secretary, and maybe even you do this before you file it with him. But you go down to the property office, register it. I'd suggest you get a pay extra, get a clerk of the court. Ooh, clerk of the clerk of the court, boy, bidia, bidia, clerk of the court stamp, which simply verifies from the clerk of the court that it's on file with the property records. Okay, that's all that does. Just a little extra icing on the cake, and then if you want to send that to the secretary, and now when you do your local notices, it's already been put in the local records, and nobody's ever going to object. They don't even know it's in there, but yet you've got that to buttress your position again. If that makes you sleep better at night, I don't think it's necessary, but you can do it. Roger. Well, if you're like Bruce, in, this, hold on, Bruce, in a listen. civil court case, then if this is admiss- admissible in any court, as long as you're in a civil court case, or does yeah. it have to be a uh, criminal any, court case? Any court. Or just all. Any court, to my knowledge. Okay. Okay. Yes, Bruce. Yeah, I was going to uh, put mine on the board and the courthouse for display for a month to give notice that okay. I'm a national with okay. my affidavit and then file it into the, the county record. Well, now that's not a bad idea because if you're putting on notice in the clerk's office or the office of the property records, oh, I guess you can probably do that. I'm not sure jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but at least potentially more people are going to see it. That's got to be a good thing. Okay. That's that's notice. Yeah. That is notice. Yeah, well, that's what Chris, late Chris Cave, was doing that with his out in Las Vegas area. Okay, when he couldn't get him to accept it. Hey, I think he put it on notice in the police station. Yes. Mike. Uh, I got to if any of these prosecutors or judges or police call you a solvent system, knew my new responses to them. That is defamation of character and slander. Do you want to retract that? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and see, you know, the best defense is a good offense or vice versa, but here you're taking the offense against their crap and their misunderstanding because I don't think they don't know. But that's good. So or that's a so you're telling them that's a direct – it's a libel. Slander is the libel's written, slander spoken. Okay, there you go. Thank you. That's for a mark, a markism. Uh, well, that's good. Have you hadn't had an occasion to use that yet? Have you? No, sir, I haven't. But I, I just came up with that a couple of weeks ago, and I says uh, that's what you're going to use from now on. You are defamation of character, and you're slandering. Do you want to retract it? Okay. Well, you could say, would you like to define that, please? You know what Roger. I would uh, do? What's that? I would, uh, I would just ask him. Uh, can you please locate on a map where the country sovereign is? <laughs> uh, 
Now that's good, Joe. Uh, I think all you got to do is deny it. No, I'm not one of those. Can you define that for me? Because I don't think I'm one of those. I'm a national man. And here I can not only define it for you, I can show it to you in a statute. Show me sovereign citizen in a statute of regulation, could you please? Something outside of an ADL brochure? By the way, Roger, it was, it, in, was the ADL, my, oh. it was the ADL that came head open talons after Tucker, by the way. Go ahead, Samuel. On my uh, – I'm getting real close, um, but on my allodial title, I'm now mentioning, of course, that I'm a national, and I'm attaching the affidavit oh, um, to it. Right. So that goes into the property records for sure. Attached <laughs> Exhibit A. Attached to and incorporated by reference. Um, something else I found out about this Tucker thing this morning, watching Mark Dice, I think, or, or somebody. I was listening to several people. Um, Tucker's still getting paid by Fox News. How about that? So they didn't fire him. They just took him off the air, and they're continuing to pay him. Why would they do that? Because now he can't go start his own deal. And to shut him up. Yep. Yeah. So that he doesn't say anything. But he probably had a really nasty clause in there, too, if uh, he gets cut off with no notice. Well, that, I uh, hope so. Him false it's going to be real interesting because, uh, man, the, the minute he pops up somewhere, the multitudes are going to go over there when they hear about AON it. AON offered him $25 million. Who did? American Network News? Yeah. Oh. Well, he's going to have to be real. I'd like to see Tucker just start his whole new a whole deal of his own myself. But yeah, we'll they, they've been blackballed, so he wouldn't have any exposure on there. So, you know. Well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to throw a prediction out there. Of course, you don't know with his amount of wherewithal. He's got a lot of wherewithal. His mother's wealthy, okay? Tucker's mother is the heir to the Swanson Frozen Food Company. Okay. So he ain't hurting, all right, and uh, kind of grew up in that atmosphere. And it's interesting to see him come back down at a populist level and a people's level. Not many people that have come from that background do that, okay? And uh, But it'll be real interesting to see what he does. Uh, see, let's see if he doesn't end up uh, streaming on Rumble because that seems to be the good Roger, I heard that his father was – was in the CIA. Yeah, his father had some questionable New World Order ties, which you can imagine at that level. Yeah. Uh, but he's totally broken from that. In fact, a, a picture broke today that Alex Jones' wife put out of him and Tucker in the kitchen with their arms around each other, you know, side by side. So they're good buddies, and that can come out no more. That one of the things on Fox was he was not allowed to have Alex Jones on as a guest. And that's why just about every week you'd hear him say, Alex Jones is right. Okay. <laughs> so he'd been throwing dirt in their face for a while. Uh, Going to be very interesting. It shows you in one respect how desperate these guys are. That's an act of desperation right there to me. Okay. Right. So uh, it'll be very interesting. They're losing, but they still got so much power and so many, and they got no scruples and they'll do anything and there's no telling uh, uh, they're painting all of the, well, all that violence that he was promoting, you know, 
uh, and all that. So they're obviously setting up a false flag where they can come back and a Tucker Carlson did it. He blew up that building, you know. Uh, but they're desperately trying to take the Patriot Act from after 9-11 and pivot on it and turn it back domestically on us, which people 20 years ago said that was going to happen when they passed the thing. So where else can we go this morning, folks? My fine, fine, aware, much higher than average audience. No? Uh, evidently, they signed that bill in Washington on the uh, assault weapons, quote-unquote, assault weapons ban. Uh, Inslee, the governor out there, evidently signed it. Interesting, Washington State, out of all of the out of the crap holes around the country, that that one would be leading the pack here, doesn't it? Hmm. Hello. Hello. We're still here, Roger. It's just me. It's just me and the girls here. <laughs> What can we teach them new students today? Well, hopefully, maybe we got some new well, students well, today. Well, Roger, I, I, the Patriot Act, from when I remember when it came out, they talked about it was about um, protecting America against treason or uh, terrorists and stuff like that. I mean, they they list. I mean, they list everybody as domestic terrorists anyway. Yes, and of course that act is citizens of the United States and residents. That's the only people it's for. Uh, and and I know that, but was it that or then it was the NDAA a couple of years later? I've told this story, you know, the NDAA that Obama signed on the stroke of midnight at the turn of the year here, a few years back, 2011 maybe, something like that. And of course it was written for citizens. That's where they can just come out and grab you, Joe. Uh, and citizen of the United States and residents. And uh, a couple of months later, I was up one morning, I opened the computer, and uh, there's a headline about, oh, Mr. Joe Lieberman and his co-sponsor, Chucky Schumer, had introduced a bill. Where that, that applied to nationals, too. It never got any more co-sponsors. It never got anywhere. How are they going to take and make man-made laws for God-protected people? But that was a knee-jerk reaction right there. That was just as our information was really starting to get some legs. And it was interesting to me because that showed me their reaction, how scared they are of this. Because, again, it just defangs them. They can't do anything except take the mask off. Nice position to have the New World Order in. You know, I asked you, I asked somebody this the other day. What have you got when you got one green ball in your left hand and one green ball in your right hand, Abram? You got the jolly green giant right where you want him. Okay. And in essence, that's where we got him. Hmm. I thought you were going to say something about bocce ball. No, no, it's the jolly green giant. You some of you may be too young to remember the Jolly Green Giant walking through the Valley of Peas. Yep. So, uh, anybody got any off-color jokes or anything you want to tell today? I mean, 
Hey, oh, Roger. There's somebody. Come on. Yes. This is a sketch, and uh, since we're trying to get off topic here, uh, <laughs> I'm wondering if there's any way to use a NDA, the way the government uses it, to further what we want to do. Well, we might could do that, but we, you know, the uh, what we're doing here has got some really big implications down the line, but we don't have enough people yet. We're running short on time. Uh, but uh, this allows us to set up our own parallel systems of common law grand juries with real common law access and and common law courts and all that stuff. But we got to get more people and we got to get organized, and both of those two things take time. Well, I've, I've, I've signed a NDA with uh, the person that gave me my rights, God, and uh, I think somehow we can use that. I don't know how, but I'm just trying to throw it out there. Well, not that's a, he's speaking of a non-disclosure agreement, right? Yes. Yeah. Don't know. Interesting idea. We Roger, get- one thing we never talk about, and this could potentially be, I think, a topic for Brent because I think he's got good background in it, on um, at least the legal part of it. But that's our malicious. Well, he's got a real good handle on that. That's something that we should start looking into because at least we'd be there, support the sheriff for what – I don't know how it really works. But what was the guy, Rivero or whatever, he was big on malicious and, and talking about the constitutionality of it. Uh, a legal writer, can't think of his name, uh, Re- a Hispanic name, I think. No, I think he was a uh, no, judge, or oh, could be. Uh, I, the, I see the application for militias in local small areas. If anybody starts to get intruded upon, um, but again, we got to get more people. I mean, you're you as it stands now, with a few exceptions, there's a few people in a few counties, like Gary's especially. Now, Gary, your folks up there could form a damn good militia, buddy. Okay, You got way enough people. You're gaining people like crazy. You're in one county. Uh, I know those folks out in northwest Montana have a firearm or two around. Um, it, it, that you're, You'd be the guy to spearhead that. And maybe if uh, we can get uh, uh, something cooking over in court. Roger, what am I going to spearhead? You're probably in the best position to have a verified local militia up there. Well, we got a couple different militias already, but. Yeah, but are they. They're they're citizens of the United States militia. We want national militia. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of detail to making them constitutional, from what I understand. Oh, Quite I'm a sure. bit. Yeah. A hierarchy, funding, who can go, who doesn't go, what the ranks are. There's there's a lot of deals to it. Gary, how's the buzz up there on the street on your efforts and what you guys have accomplished so far? Is it starting to gel for you? I mean, I know you're getting 50, 60 people a week. I mean, it just keeps growing, Roger. I mean, I had four new ladies come in Monday night that I'd never seen before. Great. Ladies, notice. Huh? I said, ladies, he said, notice. 
ladies coming, just like here. Yeah, it was. The ones that are outspoken are most of the females. Okay, it's amazing to me. We couldn't hardly drag a female into a Patriot meeting 30 years ago. Well, Roger, I got just as many men, so I don't want to. No, well, I'm just detract from our man population. No, of course not, and I would never do that. But I'm just saying that he, overall, it's an amazing transition to see all the females coming forward here. And we love you. We love you here. Being well, here, okay? I remember, I remember one of Cliff High's predictions is that the women get pissed off first and get behind their men. Is what well, he said. Yeah, well, I agree with that. You know, uh, I heard um, I heard a comment. This must have been ten years ago from out of Europe. With with some of these gals are getting raped by all these migrants, they're going. Where the hell are the men? You know. So hopefully that's hey, happening. Roger. Yes, Mike, is that you, Mike? This is Mike again. Yeah, I got three pieces of firearms industry news today. The first one, the Sixth Circuit ruled bump stocks ban is unconstitutional. Uh-oh. That's the first one. That's two. Okay, the second one is the ATF is now going door-to-door and confiscating force reset triggers. That's the second one. And the third one, Matt from CSR Firearms in Florida with his buddy, they both can have been convicted of uh, manufacturing machine gun. He's the one who made the uh, credit card-sized card with the uh, lightning link. Just, just the picture. They, they, both of them were convicted, and one of them was convicted of uh, structuring too. Now it's too so bad they didn't know. It's too bad they didn't know our information. They could have totally taken themselves out of that jeopardy. Yeah, he made. Well, they were they were selling a credit card that had a picture of the lightning link, just a picture of it, where you can cut it out if you wanted to, and they and the ATF said that was a machine gun. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Agency rulemaking. And the prosecutor is attacking uh, John Crump, the reporter, saying that he was making threatening remarks and she felt unsafe. Uh, the mo- the uh, very important thing you said, Sixth Circuit... Six or I want to say is the Sixth Circuit. I I made this mistake yesterday. Does anybody know where the Sixth Circuit is? Is that Cincinnati Midwest area? Do you know, Mike? You know, no, it was uh, Guns and Gadgets had it on yesterday. Okay, I think the seventh. I think the Seventh Circuit is Chicago. I thought the Sixth Circuit was like Cincinnati or somewhere. Nobody knows. I don't, you know. Uh, regardless, the important part is that's two separate circuits that have ruled that unconstitutional. The Fifth Circuit in New Orleans and the Sixth Circuit, wherever the hell it is. Somebody just for edification want to put Sixth Circuit appellate court and see where it is, what the jurisdiction is? I'm just interested. But there's two circuits that have ruled the same way. What they're looking for is a circuit that rules opposite. So maybe we can go out to the Ninth Circuit, Mike. You know they'll rule against anything that's conventional. <laughs> Bunch of wackos. Uh, yeah, California is a, excuse my French, is a shit show right now because Bonta is pissed off 
that his gun registry and uh, his uh, uh, thing is uh, was uh, deemed unconstitutional. They're all pissed off at that right now. Who was Bata? Is that what you said? Bonta, the attorney general. See, they got a registry that uh, only if that these are the only proof firearms, handguns you can buy in the state. And just so happens, the ones that the cop uses are not on that list, only civilians. <laughs> and it was ruled that uh, you can't do that. Okay. Yeah, they're desperately wanting the guns, folks. And, of course, what you're talking about now, and I'd never hear anybody say this. I, I was kind of sorry I didn't mention it on, on Wells the other night. What you're dealing with is a period of escalating violence at the third stage of the four-stage communist takeover. That's what this is. You can see it everywhere when you know what you're looking for. Everybody sees the violence, but they don't know how to come back and tag it, you know. And that's what it is. And they are desperate to get the guns. See, see they passed the legislation back in 2013 that all handguns must have a loaded chamber indicator, must have a magazine disconnect, and must have a macro stamp. Well, they're challenging them on all three of them, saying one of them is not feasibly uh, financially uh, doable because you can't do a micro stamp and they're all mad. Well, good. Let them get mad. Rogers. It looks like it's Cincinnati, Ohio. I was right. Thank you, Mirka. Um, so every one of these circuits has a town that the circuit court is in and it covers a, a, the, uh, the surrounding States. I, it just depends on circuit circuit. There used to only be 10 circuits. And they added the 11th Circuit, and they took Atlanta, which was the 5th Circuit, and moved it to New Orleans, and then they named Atlanta the 11th Circuit. So, uh, And where the Supreme Court really likes to get cases is when they've got a disparity of opinion. In other words, the 6th Circuit, if they would have ruled in favor of the bump stock, Yes, on this ruling, Mike. Man, that's a that's a railroad straight to the Supreme Court because they want to get these issues where two different circuit appellate levels have ruled in opposite findings. But the fact that the Sixth Circuit ruled in favor of the Fifth Circuit is probably good, and I'll bet you. Do you, do you know anything? Did it give any of the details in that case on what was written up about it? Was the case brought under the agency rulemaking? See, that's how Carhartt won in the Fifth Circuit. And that's a real important overriding philosophy here. And, and because now. Yeah, talking, I think that, I think that's what it was is the agency doesn't have the authority to, agent, to make and make law. Agency rulemaking. And, and that, see, they can't get the legislature to pass the backing legislation now they don't want to float it through there or whatever so now they're just going right right to the agencies to go make these regulations doesn't matter if you got legislation behind it and that's what the courts are backlashing on right now they've had several another one that's really really uh, 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 quite overridingly important is the other case earlier in the, uh, the year or last year late last year I believe it came out of the fifth circuit also Mike was on the EPA and closing down all these coal plants. So they're desperately trying to shut down the energy and throw the whole country into a into the uh well, let's just face it. If they have their way and you guys don't get something going and we don't get it stopped and they don't fall on their faces, you're going to be like Gaza. That's their plans. 
Well, the EPA shut down every lead factory in America except for one. So all ammunition has to go through one factory now. And, and, and the other one that was taking refined metals and had a ammunition subsidiary in up in uh, 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 Columbus, Ohio, they burned about a month ago, if you'll remember. Now they're go- they're Roger. going after the guns anyway. Well, let's do this. We got to make them comply here. We're going to sue the gun manufacturer, put them out of business. We're going. They'll. They're desperate to get the guns, and they ain't never going to get them. Yes, Samuel. There's a really good website on militias. Wait, look. It's called militianews.com. Okay, militianews.com. You know, I and I still say the the biggest disappointment, surprise. I'm not sure what label to put on it, but out of all this, for me, I would have thought the gun people would be lined up around the block to get this information, and you can't get their damn attention. It amazes me, really. Oh well, militias would be a nice backslap to their bullshit with gun controls and yeah. bullshit laws and uh, everything else. I, I just don't understand the mindset. There was a female trying to say something there. Who was that? I was Annie. I was just saying it's the fear factor. Everybody's so afraid. When I whenever I bring it up, it's like you can just see their whole body stiffen up because they're like, "Oh my God, go against the IRS." Be free. Uh, so, they can't you know, imagine. it's just sad because people. Here's your psychological programming. This is the Pavlovian conditioning that they got everybody in this fear mode. Okay. I'm going to, I was thinking about this last night, Annie. I'm glad you brought that up. I, this is an exercise I'd like for you to do. You know, we create a reality with the words we use, right? And they've got us in all these loaded words. Okay. So just for a personal Education, every time you are going to use the word money, use the word currency instead. Unless you're talking about gold and silver. Use the word currency instead of money. And you just see in your own personal life how deep they've got that in your subconscious. Because currency is not money, it's debt. Debt can't be money. They're using it as money, obviously, because that's future value. But it's not money, it's debt. Oh, by the way, what state was it that totally okayed gold and silver and even took the tax? Evidently, there was a tax. That should show you it's not money right there. There was a tax on you buying gold and silver with Federal Reserve notes. Uh, What the heck state was it? Arkansas? I thought it was Texas. Well, Texas, uh, uh, Utah's done it. Texas may be talking about it, but it wasn't Texas that I heard the, the, that comment on. It was on Mike Bell. Yeah. Is what, no, Boris? You heard an SGC report that they said that Texas got a new currency. Um, that's like gold and silver, and, it, and they're going to use a blockchain. Do you heard that? I didn't. I hadn't. No, I didn't. But some state passed a law Tennessee. about gold. Was it Tennessee? I thought it was Arkansas. It may have been Tennessee. One of the states did it recently. It was Arkansas? 
Okay, see there, I was right. Uh, so it, it's gaining steam, you know. Um, but uh, I thought that was very interesting. Uh, there's several states that are either contemplating it or already done it. Utah, I think, did it last year. Uh, Texas has their own depository. I do know that. Uh, and that was Bass that set that up and was the driving force behind that. Bass, big family in Dallas, uh, uh, a lot of history there, a lot of wealth. And he, uh, the investor Bass, is on the uh, board of trustees of the University of Texas. And uh, he got University of Texas to buy $500 million worth of gold for their from their endowment fund. And then he got the legislation started to set up that Texas depository to place that gold in. And it's my understanding that any of you Texans can avail yourself of that depository. So, don't know. That's what I remember. So, who else this morning? Any other good topics we can talk about? Yes. Hi. Yeah. Uh, 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 hello. Wahib. Good morning. How'd, you, how'd your jury? How'd good your morning. Jury? Yeah. This, this, you give this, us a hold it. Hold it. Wahib. Hold, damn woman. Wah, she kept, Wahib. Hold on. She hold kept on. me there. Hold, hold hello. On. Oh yeah. I want to introduce you properly. Here's a Wahib jury duty update. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. She kept me there. She dismissed all the people she didn't want. And then she kept me there 10 minutes later. And then she goes, oh, oh, why he, uh, juror number seven, you can leave. She deliberately kept me 10 minutes longer yeah. after she selected uh, the one, you know. She wanted to put, she wanted to give you a little anxiety. Then I went downstairs. She wanted to pay you back for your confronting yeah. her with a little anxiety while he no, I think yeah, she yeah, just that wanted him around. You think I think she wanted Wahid to hang around. Wahid, so she, she, look at him. she wasn't sweet, uh, sweet on you, was she? Was she sweet on you? Maybe so. Maybe that was it. It must be your charm. But it, 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 must be that, it must be that yeah, Wahid that charm, right? Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I got to get out of this mess because uh, I got 12 months before they try this stuff again. Uh, I got to send these damn things to these people. Go to the supervisor of elections and change your electoral status. Then they won't be in the pool anymore. You know something? The lady on the second floor, the lady on the second floor that, uh, not the judge, but the the, I told her, uh, she seems to know something about this type of stuff. The same thing. She's, I told her, you know, I got to hurry up and send this stuff to the the selection board and to the DMV. She said, yeah, you should have been done that. I said, yeah, really. Tell Now you tell me. Yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, well, I think you go to the supervisor of elections. I don't think they draw it out of the DMV. But, hell, in California, they might throw a line out there in the damn Pacific and draw it out of there with those people. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the Pacific Ocean. Uh, 
Roger, what he shared with me that they got, they had enough of him, so they let him go. <laughs> well, you know, that's a real good way. Like, if you get a guy, you get arrested, and you know how to write legal process, and they throw you in jail, and you start teaching all the other inmates about how to write legal process, they'll kick your ass out so quick it'll make your head spin. Okay? Oh, God. I wish I understood all this stuff the way you do because I, I wouldn't, you know. I mean, I've heard before I met you guys, of course, you know, I was dealing with Smooch and uh, Paget and uh, uh, the California Assembly and a couple other assembly groups. And uh, and that's that's only been for that only started within the last two years of this COVID-19 BS. But even before that. I had uh, I had heard of these things, and I had had a little glimpses, and I ran across your name a couple of times, but I had no real urgency, you know. I had then Corona hit, then I started getting into legal trouble with uh, a pepper spray and a pet bull, and. <laughs> Who was that other thing I was telling you guys? Just all this BS. Did they assume, and then, of course, the big one when I got. Did they? Did they go charge ahead, I'm you? Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, charge, Roger. Go did ahead. Did they charge you with assault on that pit bull? They gave me an assault charge. I, the, the guy, the guy had the dog. The guy, we were in a don't. The, I was going towards the donut shop to get donut and coffee, like I do every morning. Are you around are you, are five you, a.m.? All right, hold on. Why were you in your police uniform? Were you in your security guard uniform? No, no, no. I was on my way to work. I was on my way to work, and I always stop and get donuts and coffee. And the guy had the dog tied up to a pole or something, a pillar, a pillar, and. I was walking up to the damn thing and I was walking up. I didn't see the dog. I rounded, went around the corner and the dog saw, I, the, I, I saw the dog saw me and I saw the dog and it started running towards me. Huh. And the only thing that prevented it from attack, it was on a the only thing that prevented it from getting to me was it was, it had a chain, a big long. What the hell would somebody have a 10, 15 inch long chain for? That's insane. And this thing, I started running and the chain prevented the dog from getting to me. And then I told the guy, I went back and I told the guy, I said, that dog just attacked me. And he said, my dog didn't do shit. You know, some crazy person. I don't know. This is California. But, uh, so I. <laughs> And then, and, then, and then he takes the dog and goes back and, you know, he takes this big long chain and grabs the dog and takes the dog back into the donut shop. The dog, and then the donut shop owner starts yelling at him. The, he took the he, dog? Then he, hold on, Wahib, I got to get some details here. After he went to attack you and got yanked back on his chain, the guy said the dog didn't attack you and he takes it into the donut shop? I ran off and then I started walking back and then, but I could hear the donut shop saying the donut shop owner telling him to get out of here, take that damn dog and get out of here. And then he, 
then he takes the dog and I guess he, he then he walks he starts walking towards me. <laughs> I it was like three times I had to deal with this dog. And then the second time he 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 releases the dog on the chain and it's still wrapped around. He lets this damn thing go and I uh-uh. pepper sprayed it. <laughs> And then I, but then I, but then I started, I, you know, I, I had lunge, the dog lunged towards me and I pepper sprayed it as his lunge, or at least that's what I told the police officer. And then, and then I took off running. And then I went back, I started call. I called the police. The police came and they separated us and they took him on one side and me on the other. And then they, you know, we were on one side, and I said, "Well, this is what happened." I explained it to him, and then he he does. The guy said, "Well, the guy said you attacked them with the pepper." I was like, this all a bunch of shit. <laughs> uh, and they gave me a they gave me a ticket for assault. Didn't you, couldn't you get a witness no, out of that? Couldn't you find? Wahib, couldn't you find a witness in the donut shop? The, to the, back the guy was Vietnamese that owned the. Donut shop, so he didn't know what the hell. He just he just was doing. I don't know nothing. I just all this shit. Can't speak English, and then uh, and so I had to deal with this shit for six months. Why he? I'm tired of all this. When you hit dog, never run away from a charging dog. No, that's not. No, no, freaking. They'll take you down like a wild animal. You charge them, and you scream at them, and they'll turn around and run away. That may be boy. Well, this was a pit bull. This was a pit bull. I'm saying, Dave. You know what the word pit? You know the word pit bull? We're talking. You never run away from a dog because they'll chase you down. And now, and now Wahib's moved into the bathroom, I can tell by the acoustics. Um, so Wahib, <laughs> out of that, out of that whole fiasco there, and they, what did they charge him and the dog with anything? No, I just dealt with him off and on for six months in the court. And then the judge just said, you know, after, you know, we, I went to the court probably two or three times within a six month period. And then the judge said, "Don't worry about it. Just you're free. You're, you're just, cool. just, just okay." Nothing. Well, I have a burning so, question. Yeah, now you tell me. I have a burning question. I'm sure some of the audience has it also. Did you get your donuts? <laughs> Not that day. <laughs> I had to go to another donut shop. I guess. But uh, I went back the next day, and, and I went back the next day, and the, the donut owner, of course, he said, "I don't know, I don't know, I don't." You know, I was scared. Me, you know, me, me, no, know me no, me no, speaking English. Yeah, that one of them, them type oh, of things. Just give me your money and get out of here. Yeah, you're out of the bathroom. Yeah, buy your donuts from someone else, Wahid. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's quite it's the story, Wahid. And uh, I'm sorry you went through that. That's why I was looking after your health because yeah. you don't need to eat no damn donuts. Yeah, that's yeah right. looking after that's my right. health. He was yeah. thinking of you, Wahid. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, hey, folks, I don't, you didn't have your affidavit. You could tell that dog you're a national not to bite you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That, if I didn't see that, next time I'll try that one. Yeah, yeah I got to get this customer. I'm going to talk to you guys in a minute. Get it. Get, you eat your affidavit laminated first. Yeah. But Anybody got any? I thought he was a Hebrew national. That's, That's why right. I wanted to eat him. That's right. <laughs> Hebrew National. Hey, yeah, Roger. Bruce. Yes, Dave. How you doing? Roger. Man? Yes, Dave. Um, good. How you doing, brother? I'm hanging in there this morning. Good. Uh, so in 1986, 87, and 88, um, my brothers and I, we all lived in Texas, and we used to go to the bank and buy uh, American Eagles. Yeah. Silver Eagles yeah. at the bank. Yeah. And I, I don't remember what we paid for them, but, you know, it just, it was like nothing. And uh, when we moved back to Michigan, I kind of forgot about them. And I, I, you know, I didn't try to do that here. So I don't know if they were even available here at the bank. I doubt if you can get them then. through the bank. They're cutting down um, on the minting of Eagles, by the way. I heard Mike McGill say, the American silver eagle is the highest priced silver coin in the world now. Okay. And what he was promoting last wow. night, I thought was kind of interesting. Krugerans out of South Africa have come up with a silver coin now. And it's a silver Krugerand and they're $13 a coin cheaper than the U.S. Uh, silver Eagle and the exact same silver content and everything. So some of you that are looking to acquire some silver, ask your dealer or get a hold of McGill, uh, about, uh, the, uh, crew, silver Krugerands. I'd never heard of them before he mentioned it last night. Hey, oh, do you know, uh, my, do you know Mulroney, Mulroney, he did the special on, uh, the dollar, Michael Mulroney, Mulroney. No, I'm not, no, I can't no. say his name. It's not a she, Mo- it's a Mo- he, Mike Maloney. Yeah, I know, I did, I said he, I said he, let me go back in the bathroom. Well, uh, he, Michael Mulroney, I can't say his name. Maloney. He's I don't know how to say his last name, Mulroney. All right, here, here, hold it, Wahib. Hold it, Wahib, hold it, hold it, Wahib. Can you say baloney? Wahib. I, Can I, I say what now? Can I say what? Baloney. Maloney, Maloney. I keep saying Mulroney. I, I made it sound too... Okay, well, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna help Mal- you. I'm gonna Mal- do a little NLP with you here. Baloney, Maloney, Maloney, Maloney. Yeah, Maloney. He said that it, gold and silver are going to be unobtainable and unaffordable. He said the new name is unaffordium and unavailium. He said it's going to be unavailable and unaffordable. He's right. He's right. Okay. He's right. These suckers, they waited too long. I told my friends and relatives they could they just about to forget it. I bought a lot of it when I had the money. <laughs> well, you know, the prophet's always called a nut in his own town. Why? Um, oh, I, you know. Why, he be, are you oh, switching God. in and I'm out of the bathroom? Are you walking in and out of the bathroom or what? I can't believe the difference in the acoustics. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta answer the door for these customers. Oh, okay. All right. Well, don't let us deter you from doing your uh, appointed duties there. Um, 
So the the hey, the pit bull story is pretty funny. Yeah, go ahead. This is to see us in Texas. I got a question way off topic. Okay, well hold uh, on. Well, that's you, probably you that's probably good. Out. That's probably good today. Your name was Casillas. <laughs> yes, out of Texas, John. John Casillas out of Texas. Oh, okay, John. I'll call you John. Okay, John. What part of Texas are you in? All right. Uh, I'm in Mansfield, DFW area. Mansfield. I'm not sure what part of the vast state is that in. Uh, it's over by Fort Worth. Okay, so you're right there in the DFW area. Are you Are you new? I don't think we've spoken yeah. before, have we? Oh no, I've been speaking. I've I've been here with you guys since uh, probably September last uh, year. Oh, okay, great. Well, you're regular. Yeah, how can we help you, yeah. John? I uh, I have some uh, miracle tree salve, which is like an ancient tree resin. But yeah. I'm looking for literature, or books, or man, just anything on how to use it. Really old um, healing stuff, and I can't find anyone that will talk to me about it. Where I got it from, they're afraid of the uh, to speak about healing or, or cures yeah. or anything like that of due course. to the just the the society. And I can't find anybody that will break anything down or any literature. So it's I have ancient, a lot of it. It was really expensive. Yeah. What's that? Ancient tree sap, and I, you I'm said? just looking for help. You said yes. a- ancient yes. tree sap? So it, is it like? Yeah, it's called Miracle Tree Sap. Wow. Anybody ever heard of Miracle wow. Tree Sap? From Pruitt's Tree Resin? Yes, Pruitt's? ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, yeah. see, Annie might have know you- something about it. That, that was Annie, right? You're just real hesitant to answer I, questions I, over the I phone. I was blow drying my hair, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, who was, it, who was it that knew about ancient tree sap that was the female that stood forward there? This is Joan. Oh, it's Joan. Hey, Joan. Do you know anything about this ancient tree sap stuff so we can help John out? Well, I have gotten the tree resin from Pruitt's Tree Resin. In, uh, where is he, California? I'm not sure where they're located at. I, I ordered it. A, a, it's been a while. Well, I yeah, know, guys, the, Pruitt, bro, the dad and the son, David Pruitt and, uh, and Matthew Pruitt, they're in Missouri. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, there you go. That's them. Right. Okay, well, do we, Dave? Do you know you anything know about it? Any literature on how to I'm use sure it? Would know. Yo, wait, hold on, let's get some order here. I, da- Dave, I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know that um, Matthew is, uh, is the dad, and Dave is the son, and they've been on a bunch of calls that I've been on. They're, they call themselves Continental Marshals. And uh, uh, Matthew was actually on uh, on our call last night out of Utah, and he's been on there a couple of weeks now. But uh, he he doesn't have internet. He don't have. He's got a, a, a cell phone, but it's he don't use it much. He he is like dropped off the face of the earth almost. He got picked up uh, by a state trooper. And, you know, he does the, uh, he may have done some David Strait work. I know he worked with Anna because she started that Continental Marshall stuff with another guy, one of the Colorado Nine, Bruce Doucette. Um, 
years and years ago, and then it, it kind of dissolved because Anna and her, the person she put in charge of it, this woman, uh, Bella, they were crooks, and everybody figured it out. But the Utah guys, they're still involved. They call themselves Continental Marshals, and they do good work in Utah, but they're not involved with Anna. But uh, Dave was on, or Matthew was on their call. He don't even use his last name anymore because it's a surname, you know, and the Romans and the, you know, he, he's into all that uh, stuff. And he was in jail. The the sheriff locked him up for the the state troopers, and then he kept feeding the sheriff information. He finally let him out, and now the sheriff's on his side, and he's seeing about traveling and you know, driver license and all that stuff. And uh, he said he's, he talks to him almost every day for about an hour, hour and a half. And that guy's been looking up everything that Dave's or Matthew's been telling him. And uh, he's, he's starting to figure it out. Uh, but as far as the, the resin, uh, he don't even use his last name anymore. So I don't even know if he's involved. It's got to be David, his son, that's doing that uh, Pruitt tree resin. And uh, I I don't know how to get a hold of them. Well, but I will reach out to I'll reach out to um, one of my contacts in in Utah that may have some contact info on Matthew or Dave, and uh, I'll come back with that info um, okay. when I get it. Okay. Well, let's poll Joan. Yeah. She no. Hold on. Hold on. Let's Tim talk Brown. to Joan. Joan, Tim we want Brown. to. Yeah, go Tim ahead, Brown sorry. of Sons of Liberty. Tim Brown had Dave on his show for many, many uh, series of of things, natural health, pre-resin, and how to uh, survive in the wilderness and everything. Tim Brown on Sons of Liberty in the morning show had Dave on there many times. Okay. He well, has contact he, information. Okay. Well, he's yeah, I know how to contact there you go. It's just they are very yeah. hesitant about saying anything over the phone that I, I know about all that. Is I'm that just where you got it literature from, John? Say that again. Did you get that from them, John? Pruitt yeah, tree yes. resin? Yes. Yes. Oh, you did. Okay. And they won't yeah. tell you how to use it. They, they're just, they don't, they're just like it. Uh, they're just real <laughs> apprehensive about saying that use it for this or that, you know what I mean? Due to it. Uh, yeah, well, what, what they uh, need to do, what they need to do, okay, this what, is the, about, what they need to do is have some of their customers give testimonials so they're not making any claims. And and for you, John, if if it was yes. me, you if you believe in that stuff, just use it for whatever whatever ails you, and uh, see how it works. If it don't work for that, try it for something else. I understand. I'm just looking for the old, old ways, I guess. Well, you know I'm I, mean? a, I gotta tell you, John, I've never in 74, almost five years ever heard of ancient tree rosin except, uh, amber. Amber is ancient tree rosin. Well, it's really They've actually, they've okay, actually resin. found that, um, that pine oils and that kind of stuff is really good for you. Oh, turpentine um, and all that stuff's um, fantastic the for turkeys. you. Yeah, fantastic mm-hmm. for you. Uh, we say that, it a little. We that's say what it, in it is the terpenes. Yeah, Dave, we say it a little different down south, man. So, is it myrrh? Is it 
Isn't Murr a tree sap? Murr? Murr isn't with us today? That's unusual. No. Frankincense. He means myrrh, the, the essential oil. Oh. Frankincense oh, oh, and myrrh. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of hits on it on the internet. That's what uh, I'm going to start calling A her. ministry, et cetera, yeah. um, even on Amazon. So That's, I don't know. So do we start calling myrrh frankincense? That's a good one. <laughs> or just Frank. You think she'll answer to frankincense? <laughs> she probably feeds it to her chickens. Uh, okay, we're right at the tail end of the show. Don't know much about ancient rosin, but if anybody wants to come forward with any information on it, we're all open to learn about it. Uh, that's the best I can help you with, John. Sorry. All right. Thanks, sir. You're welcome. Anything else on your mind here before we close out? See there, there's a whistler boy. Did he hear my cue? Okay, I guess not. Are you? Have you been hooked up with the uh, DFW guys, Jeff and Wayne, and those guys, John? No, I have not. Well, you need to shoot me an email to Radio Ranch at mail dot com, and I'll hook you up with some of the guys locally there for you. Okay. All right, you got me in there. We spoke. Okay, well, it's hard for me. There's so many of you, man, and all the gotcha. stuff i got to go through. It's difficult. I do a pretty good job of keeping you straight as it is, I think. <laughs> I know some of y'all. All right, I'll Okay, great, John. Thank you. Uh, obviously, there's our whistler, and we're going to back him down, Paul, just a little bit. I did have that cranked up for the intro. Um, so uh, tomorrow's Thursday. We'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, I actually forgot a consultation last night. That's how much that John B. Wells thing screwed me up on Monday. So I got to do that this afternoon. And Mark, I'm sorry. Okay. And my first time that's ever happened. All right. So uh, anyway, we will uh, be back manana in la manana. And we will talk about whatever you guys want to talk about that's important, imperative, and topical. And otherwise than that, till then, in the next 22 hours, keep your big eyes open. And your if your big mouth opens, say, let it have national come out of it, should it need to. And uh, we'll see if Wahib ever gets out of the bathroom, maybe, by tomorrow, uh, and gets chased by another pit bull. That's a hell of a story. You get chased by a pit bull, the guy lets him loose, and they charge you with assault. Somehow that just... Uh, doesn't square. I'll see y'all later. Ciao.